Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we're going to have so much fun today. We're talking about something that I'm not sure we've ever really talked about in our 870 plus programs. Um, And so we're going to have so much fun. And it also makes me think about my career before I started my company, because it's it's just going to be so much fun. And so please join me in welcoming Howie Zales to our program today. Welcome, Howie. How are you? Great, Deb. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing spectacular. Couldn't be doing any better, right? Well, let me tell people a little bit about you, and then we will jump into this. So Howie Zales is an Emmy Award-winning camera operator who turned his passion for television broadcasting into several entrepreneurial endeavors. He created HJZ HJZ Productions Incorporated in 2000 to address the need for professional-level sports staffing in the New York market. In 2019, Howie and his team founded Veridity Entertainment Services, Inc., VES, to offer best-in-class broadcast-quality live streams of professional sports shows and concerts. VES also produces corporate meetings and events. In addition, Howie took his love of the television production business and created the TV Sports Course, a hands-on training boot camp for the next generation of television crew professionals. So again, Howie, welcome. Thank you for having me, Deb. Thank you so much. You know, this is going to be so much fun because I love a lot of the technical aspects of how (laughs) we do things. Um, And so, but I I always like to know from my guests how it is that you got to where you are today. So yeah, we did say Emmy award-winning, so we probably need to know a little bit about that. But tell us (laughs) more about how it is that you got to where you are today. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I was in high, uh, I, all throughout my childhood in high school, I played sports specifically, mm-hmm. love, had a love for baseball. Mm-hmm. I always went to being in New York, I always went to Yankees, Mets games, mm-hmm. Rangers, Knicks. Um, I would always watch the camera people mm-hmm. and think it was interesting. And mm-hmm. in my family, we had, um, uh, I had a second cousin that was older, but, uh, he was photographer for the New York times and oh. shot pictures mm-hmm. with Babe Ruth and Albert Einstein. So, mm-hmm. um, it was kind of a little bit in the blood mm-hmm. and, um, in high school, I needed an elective Mm-hmm. I need one class mm-hmm. and what, the choices were, uh, you know, this TV production course. And mm-hmm. the description was a trip to NBC studios and 30 rock and a tour cool. and then to watch it and to watch a TV show being mm-hmm. taped. And I'm like, well, how bad can that be? Right. right. As a high mm-hmm. school in high school. And I ended up falling in love with, you know, TV production. Mm-hmm. And I, I figured what better thing to combine my love of sports, my mm-hmm. new passion of TV production and to apply to colleges that had TV production programs. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. Emmy winning. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so that was for our coverage uh, in Beijing with NBC Sports the for the U.S. Women's uh, Olympic uh, Gymnastics. Oh, wow. How spectacular was that? I mean, just to watch it. But, you know, from from our perspective, from, you know, was was spectacular. It must have been absolutely fabulous. Now, it it is very different when you are working. You're not spectating. Um, but it had to be fabulous just to be there. Yeah, to say that, uh, you know, I was right there with the U.S. women mm-hmm. when they, you know, when it got determined that they mm-hmm. were going to win the all-around gold medal. It was, you know, super exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it, it's and and like I said, it is different because you're you're not thinking I have to watch them do this vault or whatever. You're thinking, how am I going to get the best camera angle? I mean, all of those right. things. So, uh, it, you know, I, I have to ask. You know, you obviously knew how well they were doing simply because you know. But when did you realize that they were going to win? I mean, were you you know was it crowd noise? Was it you know? Well, you know, we 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 have headsets. Mm-hmm. We were listening to a director and a producer, <laughs> mm-hmm. so we know the story we're trying to mm-hmm. tell, right? So um, we know uh, the score, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, and this isn't any sporting event, right? right. So we, we're we're trying. Mm-hmm. We were always listening. The announcers are telling the story mm-hmm. um, orally mm-hmm. uh, through what they're saying, and mm-hmm. we're backing up what they're saying mm-hmm. with our pictures. So right. we're trying to get the best pictures mm-hmm. to, to support the story that the announcers mm-hmm. are trying to tell. Right. You know, and and it is a challenge because you are telling that story, you know, and and you have to think, you know, what what visual images are going to tell those best stories. And sometimes it's the heartbreaking ones, right? It's mm-hmm. the, you know, I've, we've lost, we've lost the world series. You know, I did a, a you know, a, 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 you know, the, the, a, you know, any sports person when they know that they're not going to win is, you know, it, whatever level is usually just crushing. Um, but also to see the wonder of, you know, when, when they know they have done really well. Right. Or, you know, like if there's, you know, in preseason football, mm-hmm. right, if there's two quarterbacks that are mm-hmm. vying for the same job right. and one quarterback's in, mm-hmm. you're always shooting the other quarterback right. mm-hmm. for, for their reactions, mm-hmm. right? Because it's the, that's the story mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. going to get the job. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're always... And you're always, and we could always, as camera people, you can hear the what the announcers are saying. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're backing up what the announcers mm-hmm. are saying with the pictures, and you're mm-hmm. trying to get the most artistic mm-hmm. picture um, you can get. Uh, mm-hmm. A director that I worked with for years, John Gonzalez from NBC, said, "Always think about making a movie. Can you mm-hmm. step right or left mm-hmm. to make the shot right. that much more interesting? Mm-hmm. So you have foreground, background. Mm-hmm. Can you go down to one knee mm-hmm. so you're looking up at the." person you're shooting to make mm-hmm. it more of a quote godlike shot mm-hmm. um you know how can you make your pictures look uh more interesting right you know and and for me i'm a, a sports nut you know one of the the most descriptive video things that and and they don't do it anymore and it's just you know the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat Right. For a certain generation, we all see that guy going down the ski slope. Right. Um, But 
that was that was clearly a cameraman being in the right place at the right time. Um, you know, which is, you know, what, what often happens is you, you know, you're just like, oh my gosh, I had my camera pointed at the right place at the right time. It's not like you could go back and tell that guy crash again, please. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, you know, you've started three companies as, as I mentioned in the bio, what made you decide to become an entrepreneur? Well, uh, I never really thought of myself as an entrepreneur when I started my first business, Mm -hmm. but I knew I needed um, a backup, right? What if, what if I got hurt? Mm -hmm. Um, As a camera operator, Mm -hmm. you're a freelancer, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not a full time job. What, what, what if something happened or I Mm -hmm. stopped getting calls, right? Mm -hmm. The fear was always there. Mm -hmm. So I, I needed a backup. And I just didn't know what it was. And Mm -hmm. a a friend called and said, Hey, um, at that time he worked for MSNBC and Mm -hmm. I I miss in the morning, the radio show I miss was Mm -hmm. done at MSNBC. Mm -hmm. And once in a while they would take the show on the road. Mm -hmm. So my friend Brian called and said, Hey, can you do camera for us? Uh, we're taking I miss Mm -hmm. on the road. And I said, sure. And he said, do you have any friends? We need, uh, two more camera people, an audio Mm -hmm. person, a this and that. Mm-hmm. And I said, sure, I, I I could find people for that. And then he said, do you mind just, you know, sending me one invoice and paying everyone and make mm-hmm. my life a lot easier. And I'm mm-hmm. like, sure, why not? Sure. And I got to thinking, <laughs> well, people call me mm-hmm. to get to, you know, get on jobs right. and they probably do this. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a business idea behind mm-hmm. that. Right. And so I started my company and I reached out to the network of people and, mm-hmm. you know, one hiring job became mm-hmm. another hiring job. And, and then in 2007, when, um, I signed a union contract, when the unions really became known in the TV, mm-hmm. uh, area. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of led to our, the beginning of our, mm-hmm. you know, uh, our rise. Right. Yeah. Because like, um, with actors, you know, the same thing with the union applies, I'm assuming with you, there are certain productions that have to hire a certain number of union workers. Um, you know, so like Screen Actors Guild, they have to hire a certain number of union actors, um, even on small productions. I remember in uh, when I lived in Colorado, I had a, a very good friend who was a SAG member, and he was he was frequently hired by the local theater productions because they all had to hire at least one or two. And sometimes he, you know, didn't do too much in the play. Sometimes he had major roles, but it was required as part of their contracts with their other unions that they they did that. Yeah, we have union contracts in mm-hmm. many cities across the country, mm-hmm. and we have to hire union mm-hmm. people. I, I, the only way I can hire someone that's not in in the union mm-hmm. is if, is if I've called everyone that's okay. on the union list and mm-hmm. no one is available. Mm-hmm. That's the only time I can hire a non-union right. member. Right. Yeah, you know, and people love unions. People hate unions, but they have a very definite purpose well um, in uh, in our <clears throat> field right because mm-hmm. everyone is an independent contractor mm-hmm. they only work when they get paid mm-hmm. being a union member means that you get health and welfare right. pension and annuity mm-hmm. oh yeah the insurance which, benefits are worth yeah. it mm-hmm. yeah so uh, it's not that 
you know, that's why unions are mm -hmm. so helpful in, right. in our industry mm -hmm. is because it's it helps provide health mm -hmm. benefits at a more affordable cost mm -hmm. than if you were trying to go out and buy it right. privately. Right. Yeah. You know, the, the friend that I mentioned, he he worked in corporate America because he needed the benefits. And then when he right. decided to you know become full time actor, he said, you know, I have to be a SAG member. He said, because I have to have the insurance. Um, and right. it did limit on occasion because there were certain productions that would say, OK, we're required to hire two. So we're only going to hire two, um, you know, which. I always thought that was their detriment. Um, but yeah, he he definitely did it for the benefits. Um, you know, and 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 it was, as you said, it's it 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 also makes you it's you you're not you're not a standalone entity, um, you know, which a lot of small business owners are. Um, you know, we're just kind of all out there on our own. And um, and you know, so to be able to have those benefits, and in business we do it through you know, like we buy insurance through chambers, things like that. I mean, there's mm -hmm. certainly um, you know th that's that's just how we need to do things in order to function. Well, and especially in 2023, mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of you know obviously employee rights and mm -hmm. and paying right. workers as mm -hmm. employees, so uh, you know everyone is covered in the right way mm -hmm. and obeying all the proper mm -hmm. laws. There's really not very many. If you follow the IRS guidelines, mm -hmm. there's really not very many. Right. You know, true mm -hmm. independent contractors mm -hmm. out there that can get paid as on a 1099. Right. Right. So speaking of independent contractors, um, I mentioned you know way back uh, the, when when we were in our pre chat, I mentioned that way back I worked for the American Cancer Society, and <clears throat> even then the the stations in Denver just had limited resources. You know, I think each one of the the, the big major networks had maybe two or three true camera trucks with employees who worked for the station and and they relied heavily on independent contractors and i think it's even more so now um where you know stations and and like you said you know a lot of sports teams i think many people don't realize that many of those camera people that you you know are being uh, utilized in a broadcast are not employees of the the studio right so you know that's 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 why your your uh, your uh, broadcast sports course is great because it's training people to fill a need. Yeah, and you know during COVID, well, at least in New York, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the age of the freelancers has really kind of risen. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of older people out there that were starting to retire. Mm -hmm. Then COVID came in and mm -hmm. really had people take another look at things mm -hmm. and said, you know what, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And so there, there's like, in our business, we struggle to find mm -hmm. people every week to do certain positions mm -hmm. because there aren't that many people out there anymore. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are retired. Right. You know, and technology has obviously made a, a huge difference. Um, you know, like I said, way back, way back when, you know, when we would have a television station come with their cameras they were these big cameras. Yeah. They were frequently tethered with cables to the truck, um, you know, and and 
And so you really were incredibly limited as to what you could do. And even if they were a portable camera, they were still these big, gigantic things that, you know, it just really limited what they could do. Um, And now, you know, it's not quite the quality, but you can, you know, people shoot things on their, their phones that are pretty close, but the technology for a professional camera that you would use I mean, how big is your camera? What you know? I mean, it's it's no longer that big, yeah. gigantic thing that sits on your shoulder. Well, it, um, if if you're doing a professional live, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, sports mm-hmm. entertainment show, uh, the camera size really hasn't changed much. If mm-hmm. you're doing a handheld, either right. camera, mm-hmm. uh, a big camera. Mm-hmm camera on a tripod or a handheld really hasn't changed much because the technology mm-hmm. of what's needed inside, mm-hmm. right? Where right. most cameras now are 4k, which mm-hmm. requires a lot of technology mm-hmm. and, um, the lenses are high def lenses. Mm-hmm. And if the, the cameras have to be a certain weight, otherwise mm-hmm. they would be too light and you wouldn't be able to hold. Right. Steady, you, you would get too much right? motion. Mm-hmm. And if the lens was the the lens has to have enough glass in it mm-hmm. for it to be a high def lens, mm-hmm. and if and those the are back heavy. of the camera mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. and if the back of the camera was too light, mm-hmm. then you'd be like this, not being mm-hmm. able to hold it. Mm-hmm. So the, there's there has to be kind of like an even balance mm-hmm. for right. you to be able to just stand there mm-hmm. and hold the camera as steady as possible. Mm-hmm. Right, and the bi- bigger you know, cameras that you see on, you know, the side, not on the side, not with the people mm-hmm. are holding, but that are on tripods, those, those cameras and lenses are 50 to 60 pounds mm-hmm. a piece. Right. And they come in like five or six different parts, mm-hmm. like very heavy that obviously one person cannot mm-hmm. pick up, mm-hmm. you know, by themselves. Right. Yeah. And there's, there's a reason why you don't see a lot of women who are doing this. Um, you know, we might want to, but you know, that's, that's a pretty hefty thing that you're going to have to lift. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's definitely a lot of women in the television in- mm-hmm. industry doing all different jobs. Right. Um, and you know, it, it, people gravitate towards different parts or crafts of the mm-hmm. industry. Um, but yeah, uh, we're definitely seeing uh, a, a good number of women mm-hmm. and always wanting more. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, because you know clearly there are times where it is beneficial to have a woman as as the photographer. You know, same with reporters, things like that. Um, I have a friend who uh, she was one of the first reporters, and she was one of the first reporters who was allowed into the locker room of professional hockey. And, nice. you know, and, and of course, this was this was quite a while ago. And she said, you know, the, the uh, gentleman took great delight in seeing how much they could embarrass her. And, right. you know, and, and she said, and then, of course, there were the others who were so professional, who, you know, never, ever would have have, you know, even stood in front of her in a towel, let alone not a towel. Um, right. And um, but but yeah, there are just times where it is, you know, it's, you know, you might not want to be in a woman's locker room, um, you know, or something like that, where it's just beneficial to have people of, of both sexes being able to, to fulfill the roles. Absolutely. So, you know, you decided to start these two businesses and you, you had you ever had a business background? You know, did you kind of, you know, you so you had to start learning from the ground up. 
Yeah, I, I'm. I learn every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and when I first started the first business, I was doing everything myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I traveled for a living, working mm-hmm. with NBC Sports and mm-hmm. the World Wrestling Entertainment. Mm-hmm. So I was gone a lot. Mm-hmm. I would do. Uh, I would do a lot of my uh, HJZ or business work mm-hmm. wherever I was because mm-hmm. I didn't need to be doing it from home. Mm-hmm. But when I would, I would do payroll like three in the morning. Sometimes I was hey. constantly making mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, or clients would call and say, can we cancel? You know, we, we have one too many camera people Mm -hmm. and, and because I was on the road or tired, Mm -hmm. I'd forget to cancel that person. That person would show up and the client wouldn't want to pay. So, uh, you know, we really kind of scaled when I started hiring help Mm -hmm. and that was like the key to our success. Right. So you learned from that. So, so, you know, walk us through that process. I mean, you know, did you yeah. hire like a business manager first? Uh, you know? Yeah, I hired, I hired a, a, first I hired someone to help with the crew. We call mm-hmm. it crewing when you mm-hmm. hire TV crew. Mm-hmm. I, I hired someone to help with the crewing and then he showed up to on at most of the events mm-hmm. to kind of make sure things went well. Mm-hmm. Um and then eventually I hired a business manager mm-hmm. and she handles our accounts billable and receivable mm-hmm. and handles all the payroll. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even tell you how to do it. And uh, she's m- almost more important to the business than I am, right? I, I, a business coach taught me to, you know, handle the 5% of what you're good at mm-hmm. and delegate the rest. And, you know, that that's pretty much what I do. I love it. We've actually been talking about that recently on several programs about and and how as a small business owner, delegating is one of the hardest things for us to do, particularly because we often think, well, we're the only one who is going to do it right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. even even when we know it's not our strength, we're like, well, but we still have to do it. <laughs> right. You know, operating an Excel spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. is not my strength mm-hmm. composing an email that an important email mm-hmm. i never send it out without my wife and ceo coo of our businesses mm-hmm. looking at it to mm-hmm. double check it right i i never mm-hmm. um so you know i, I kind of stay in my lane mm-hmm. and and do what i'm good at i love it you know because it is hard and that's where i think many businesses fail is the business owner thinks I have to do it all, or I at least have to really have oversight for everything. Mm. Um, And uh, it was funny, I talked with a a guest and she was discussing the trust muscle that we have to to have to really trust that our employees or contractors, you know, whatever it is, you know, like I have a VA, um, we have to trust that they're going to do it right. And Mm. we have to let them know that we trust them to do it right. That's the next step. Right. Um, yeah, I, you know, the person that runs our, the business side of the business, I trust her a thousand percent. I, you know, we have a joke that she's my second wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, she knows how much we trust her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I couldn't do this business with mm-hmm. operate these businesses mm-hmm. without that. Right. Now, I'm assuming most of all of your employees are virtual, you know, or do you have a physical location? 
we our location is out of our house but mm -hmm. um i have we have one person that runs each of the two businesses mm -hmm. and then uh i kind of oversee both mm -hmm. and then we hire as needed our freelancers uh on a daily weekly basis mm -hmm. right and they're obviously functioning on their own um yes. you know and and so yeah i think you know, COVID obviously pushed us much more quickly into having virtual businesses. Um, I've worked from home for over 20 years. And so it was really funny because my husband all of a sudden was home and he had never been home. Um, you know, he had every day had gone to an office, you know, you, you yeah. kind of like the old Dunkin' Donuts commercial, you get up, you make the donuts. Um, he had gone into his office. And so to not be there, people were like, well, what's it like? And, and he wasn't wild about it. He likes it now. And he, I, he wouldn't go back to the office if, you know, and, and but for me, I was like, well, I've been home for 20 years. Um, but being able to operate virtually gives so many businesses an advantage now, um, you know, because for example, you, I mean, if, if you couldn't have third-party contractors and, you know, and, and freelancers work for you, you'd have to buy that equipment which is not inexpensive um, and, and have them on as full-time employees. Whereas oh, now right. they have their own equipment and you need them for two hours on a Saturday. Right. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't be cost effective to mm -hmm. own everything or it'd be impossible. Right. Uh, some of the TV trucks that show up mm -hmm. at the shoots that we do are $20 million trucks. Right. Obviously that's not mm -hmm. something that we would ever even mm -hmm. dream about buying. Right. Um, uh, but you know, we hire the crew, we mm -hmm. invoice and and mm -hmm. and pay them, and uh, depending on what the project is, is who we hire mm -hmm. and and for how long. Mm -hmm. Right. So, what are some more of the challenges and the the benefits of being an entrepreneur that you have found? Yeah, you have to, you know. Um, business doesn't just fall in your lap. Mm -hmm. You have to constantly be promoting, promoting mm -hmm. yourself, selling yourself, selling your business. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I find that, um, you constantly have to be working down the road, right? Mm -hmm. You can't be in too much in the business mm -hmm. in the current minute. Cause then three months down the road, you're not going to have a project. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're constantly working on what we have now mm -hmm. and also trying to plan for three, six months down right. the road. Right. You know, and, and things change, you know, I mean, that's mm -hmm. like, like you were saying, you know, as, as we are recording this, there is currently a, a the, the writer's strike. Right. I'm assuming that most of what you do is not affected by that because sports, you know, sports still go on, um, things like that. But, you know, if you were, a, you know, a company that really focused on productions for television and movies and, and things like that, that could be challenging. And so that's where you have to have those backup plans. Well, so we did experience it, mm -hmm. not, not, the, not the writer strike, but COVID. Okay. Mm -hmm. So HJZ Productions, uh, we had two businesses, mm -hmm. HJZ Productions and mm -hmm. Veridi, VES. Mm -hmm. um, VES was originally, the idea behind VES was that we were going to help support our current clients mm -hmm. with the crew that they travel in for shows. Okay. And and uh, and mm -hmm. train them on sexual harassment, mm -hmm. workplace harassment, mm -hmm. and stuff like that, and take on the burden of all that. Mm -hmm. And we'd be the employer record and payroll mm -hmm. those travel mm -hmm. people. So the two businesses would work kind of hand mm -hmm. in hand. 
uh, everything was going great. Mm-hmm. And then COVID Co-funk. happened, right? <laughs> like, like just about everybody else, mm-hmm. the whole world shut down, mm-hmm. but both of our businesses were affected. Mm-hmm. My camera operating uh, business kind of was definitely shut down mm-hmm. and I hadn't been really shooting that much anyway, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, both businesses. So we had a pivot, what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, th- I knew this, I knew about live streaming. I knew that, mm-hmm. it, you know, it was, uh, virtual production was, you know, maybe five years mm-hmm. down the road, but I did a lot of research. I met, I met, you know, I opened up my network and I met the right person that, that kind of guided me mm-hmm. and I uh, was open to n- new things. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, did a lot of research and I set our synagogue up mm-hmm. with live stream ah, uh, equipment. Mm-hmm. And I told the rabbi mm-hmm. who happened to be, happens to be one of my closest friends. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, Brian, I said, this is what we need to buy. We need to buy mm-hmm. at least two cameras, mm-hmm. a computer, you know, and everything, mm-hmm. you know, I set them up with everything needed mm-hmm. to live stream their weekly services. And as we were setting up in the temple to for their first service, mm-hmm. I got a call from a client that said, we need to interview nine baseball players in nine separate cities, <laughs> mm-hmm. but the interviewer cannot leave her home. Mm-hmm. And this is in September of 2020. Wow. And he mm-hmm. said, can you, can you do that? Mm-hmm. I said, of course. Yeah. You never say no. Right. <laughs> so then I called my wife. I said, Jenny, I just agreed to do this. I have mm-hmm. no freaking idea how mm-hmm. we're going to do it. We need to figure it out fast. Mm-hmm. So we came up, uh, Jamie, one of my close friends now, we came up with these contributor kits, we call mm-hmm. them, high-end laptops mm-hmm. with uh, high-end webcams, mm-hmm. USB professional mm-hmm. microphones, mm-hmm. ring lights, Ethernet cables. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything they need. Uh, everything they mm-hmm. need. And the best thing about it is that it's kind of, it's we own the equipment. Mm-hmm. So wherever, as long as it's connected to the internet, mm-hmm anywhere in the world it is, Mm -hmm. we can dial into that computer and take control of the camera. We can focus Mm -hmm. it. So the Mm -hmm. eyes are in focus, not the background. I know. I love the ones where we're like, okay, we really needed to see your, the ceiling fan the entire time. Right. Mm -hmm. Or like it's constantly going in and out of Mm -hmm. focus. So we can deliver, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a a broadcast quality live stream. Mm -hmm. uh, And, and, you know, as we're coming out, as we started to come out of COVID, Mm -hmm. we, that company, we still do a lot of virtual, mm-hmm. fully virtual events, but we mm-hmm. do a lot of hybrid events, mm-hmm. corporate meetings and things like that. Right. So it was definitely an example of there were, you know, a situation that you were able to take advantage of, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I think that happened with, you know, a lot of businesses during COVID to really pivot and go, okay, you know, we can do this. You know, I'm, uh, I work with a lot of professional speakers who all of a sudden could not travel, could not go on stage because, and right. there weren't those events, but they still were holding them virtually. And, um, and again, you know, it was, it was, it, the first forays into people who were doing Zoom or whatever the, the technology was. I mean, those were just absolutely hilarious. I mean, you know, uh, we, I, I remember one woman telling me that, you know, she thought she was doing just fine on all of her stuff until somebody commented about the unmade bed behind her. And, you know, and, and she could see it, but it just never obviously entered her realm. And and right, we were all doing that. Ooh, what books are they reading? What's back there? Right, all of those various right. things. Um, I had a, a guest fairly early on in in COVID, 
And and I've been obviously recording on Zoom the program long before COVID started, but this was a gentleman who was not used to it. He did not have a home office. Um, he was still at his kitchen table, which a lot of people ended up. I mean, you know, they didn't have space to to be able to have a right. dedicated home office. And so I'm interviewing him, and his kitchen is behind him, and it was the absolute funniest thing in the world. His teenage son came into the kitchen very quietly made his lunch. We just kept talking. And when he was done, he waves. <laughs> and it was just, it was, it was funny. Um, and, but I think part of it was that it, it made us know that, that the gentleman I was talking to was human. But at the right. same point, we also kind of thought, that wasn't overly professional. <laughs> you know? right. And so there is kind of that fine line of, Okay, it's okay if the the cat might wander through, but you don't want the unmade bed back there. Yeah. So what we do when we do our uh, broadcasts is we always do something called a tech check, uh-huh. a tech check day mm-hmm. uh, with however many people are in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we allot an hour to two hours with them. And we check their internet mm-hmm. speed, right? Because we need a certain internet speed to right. make sure that the camera and audio, mm-hmm. uh, the camera shot and the audio mm-hmm. look and sound good. Uh, we we take time to go over their background mm-hmm. to make sure that the back, like you said, you know, there's no unmade beds mm-hmm. or there's no plain white walls mm-hmm. or whatever. But there's no, mm-hmm. and we try to do it at the time of the mm-hmm. day of the show. Because we want to know if there's any windows where the mm-hmm. sun is going to be coming in and right. blaring, you know. I, I love uh, it when you, you've got the mini blinds, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Drives me crazy. <laughs> and we want to know, like, what is the internet speed going to be at the time of the event, right? right? Or is there someone home mm-hmm. using the internet or mm-hmm. the office that's going to slow it down, right. Mm-hmm. right? We've had to send people to hotels mm-hmm. because their internet is just that bad. Mm-hmm. Um so uh, and and then we you know get everyone on together for a little conversation. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets to know each mm-hmm. other, and you know then we'll come back a day two two or three days later for the actual production. Mm-hmm. And we always like a space of two to three days between the tech mm-hmm. check and production because you know we've shipped our equipment. If something mm-hmm. goes wrong, mm-hmm. it gives us enough time to overnight right. a new equipment mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and you mentioned backgrounds, and you and I were were laughing about this before the program started. We have the same background, um, yes. and you know, and, and it, 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 we were several months into COVID when I interviewed a woman whose job was a wardrobe consultant. Well, clearly, she was not going to people's homes and working with them to you know, and and so she turned into a Zoom consultant. And, and so we talked about what to do in your background. And, and I had, you know, the plain wall back there. Now it was cream colored. So that was better than the white wall. Um, and, you know, and, and what happens with a white wall for, for those who, who are unfamiliar with this is really reflective, um, right. you know, and, and so you don't want something like that. So cream was okay. But I thought, ugh, boring. And but she talked to me about, you know, having the, the, there's a picture behind me. Um, I don't have all the books. I do have a plant. I mean, she was very much into that. But what you and I have both used is stick on wallpaper that we got from Home Depot and, and from Lowe's. And, you know, and and I remember when I tried, it, I thought, okay, so this is $49. If I don't like it, it's easy enough to fix. It's better than repainting or doing whatever. But I kind of right. liked having a little bit of a textured background. Yes. And, you know, coming from the 
TV, professional mm-hmm. TV world, I feel like my camera shot should look absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. And so you always want um, separation between mm-hmm. you and the background. Right. You want light on the background. Mm-hmm. You want something in between you and the mm-hmm. background that should be lit to show the mm-hmm. separation. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I have, and I always try to help people with their, as a consultant, to help people with their virtual experience so mm-hmm. they look the best that they can mm-hmm. possibly look i have two lights cross shooting this mm-hmm. light is shooting this way and that light is mm-hmm. shooting that way i have a light above me that separates me from the background mm-hmm. and two lights on the floor mm-hmm. that are shooting up to provide a little you know a right. little color right and it looks fabulous and it really looks good compared to me um and- <laughs> And and I'll tell uh, you, I I struggle with the lighting, and I especially struggle with lighting because of my glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I have two big monitors, so that doesn't help matters. And then you know, and, and ring lights were worse. I you know, and so I'd have these little yeah. rings on my glasses. So, so um, I have put them higher up and shoot and, and down. down. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, and yep. I I they're on tripods, so yep. I can can easily do that. Um, and one of the tricks that I discovered. Um, was, you know, like I said, I've got these two big monitors. And so, bef- you know, once once I start a program, I turn my system to the night light display. Right. And so for those who are, are watching this, I'm going to turn my night light off. Ah! Now that's a scary thing because it's very bright. Um, and there's, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it washes me out. Now I have a very pale complexion anyway, but it's just horrible. And so then when I turn the night light on, which every computer has, um, and you can manually turn it on, um, it gives a much warmer glow to it. And I can, you know, I can, I can tinker with that too. And and sometimes I do tinker with that depending on my guest, you know, are they a little brighter? Are they, you know, things like that, but just that simple little trick made a huge right. difference. Um, you know, and, and I don't look quite so scary. <laughs> and <laughs> but, if you can have your camera f- as far back mm-hmm. as possible, right? maybe there's eight, I'm eight, mm-hmm. eight feet away from my camera. Oh, wow. And, okay. And right underneath the camera lens, mm-hmm. I have my computer. Mm-hmm. So it looks like right. You're you know, looking, looking right at, you, at that it. I'm mm-hmm. looking mm-hmm. right at you because right. I have it on a stand mm-hmm. and it's literally mm-hmm. the screen is right underneath the lens. Right. Well, mine is on a plexiglass stand that is over my computer monitor. So again, I'm looking, you are right behind where my camera lens is. Right. Um, you know, and 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 we've all seen where people are, you know, gazing off, you know, all of these various things. Or, you know, um, and and so it's it's you know, tricks that are pretty simple to do that just right. raise the level of how we look. Um, right. you know, because this is not something that's going away. We all know that now. You know, we right. we are sticking with this. Um, and then you mentioned, you know, there are the uh, audio. You know, we can actually yeah. forgive bad video, but we can't forgive bad audio. Um, you know, and and so you know, and and people panic. You know, and I tell you, this is not an expensive thing. You know, we're not talking thousand dollar mics unless you are at. You know, there are certainly people who are at that level. You know, I have a a, a Blue Yeti microphone. I have it on yeah. a boom arm. Um, I'll move it here into the the screen for a minute. Um. And and I did that because it came with a stand, very cool, pretty little stand. And yours is on a boom also. Um, yeah. But when it was on my desk, I talk with my hands 
and I knocked that dang thing over. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just a a simple thing, you know, and, and folks, you can get all this stuff on Amazon. Um, you know, and, and, uh, and, and you and I both have an earpiece. I, uh, you know, yeah, I love I that. Yep. I call yeah. it my CIA earpiece. Um, but, um, and, 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 you know, part of it is I can't wear a headset because it would mess up my hair. Um, but I just, I like the earpiece better. Um, because well, you know, you, you, I do have that expensive microphone, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, but you should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, and one thing we always tell the people that are in our productions is no AirPods. Mm-hmm. Because the, the microphone from those is horrible. Right. Mm-hmm. The um, it, it can become for whatever e- mm-hmm. reason unpaired in the mm-hmm. middle of a production, mm-hmm. or you can show up without it being charged. Mm-hmm. We've had people try right. to do that, or so, heaven um, forbid they fall out. <laughs> you, know? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and and yeah, I mean, just again, simple little things that kind of raise that level. Uh, and and I discovered I need to have the earpiece or headphones um, right. rather than using my speakers because yeah. I get feedback. You get um, feedback. Yeah. You have to have headphones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You. And one thing, you know, I always tell people to how to step up their virtual production mm-hmm. is not show up at the last second. Mm-hmm. For our interview today, right. I was. I was, we call in a TV world Mm -hmm. faxing. Mm -hmm. I came to my studio. Mm -hmm. I turned everything on 15, Mm -hmm. 20 minutes before. I made sure my video worked. My Mm -hmm. audio was, everything Mm -hmm. was in working order. Mm -hmm. All the lights were on. Mm -hmm. So when it came time for us to meet, I literally just had to sit Mm -hmm. down and click the link. Right. Right. You know, and, and I tell people, you know, you might need to restart your computer and reset your modem, you know, just kind of get everything back to where it's nice and fresh. Um, you right. mentioned how many other people are on it. You know, do you have right. three kids at home watching TV and a, you know, <laughs> and all of these various things? Uh, you know, if you're doing this a lot for business, get a dedicated modem. You know, your business yeah. can pay for that. Uh, you know, you don't need to worry about your kids gaming and and just get a you know a dedicated modem. It's not that expensive. And but folks, do not pair it with your phone. You know that. Right. You know, I've I've and we've had to. I mean, clearly there are times where. There are exceptions. Um, and you know, especially if you're doing like a live broadcast during an emergency or something, um, you know, you might have to pair it with your phone. But your phone is, you know, it's good enough for you to to do work, but it's not good enough for you to do an extended right. broadcast. No, no. Um, you know, and, and so what are some other tips that you have for people who are, you know, they they need to be professional? You know, we're not meeting as much in person. Or more importantly, we have expanded our networks. You know, we, we've now figured out, oh my gosh, I can be networking depending on what we do with people around the world. So what are some more tips for businesses that you have? Yeah, you know, when when a business has a live event, right? Mm-hmm. You want to make sure uh, you do a little research and hire mm-hmm. a company that has background in producing mm-hmm. events. Right. You know, a company like ours, we've done a lot of events all over the country and you know i will not i will say no if my people are not available to work that okay. event mm-hmm. cuz i don't want to show up with with crew that i'm not comfortable mm-hmm. with to produce an event right take a chance on it mm-hmm. on having an issue mm-hmm. so before i even send the estimate to a client mm-hmm. i'll call the three key people mm-hmm. that i mm-hmm. work with and say are you available mm-hmm. on june 2nd and 3rd mm-hmm. to go to miami and if they say no then i'll pass right yeah 
Because I want, I surround, I, my philosophy and my business mantra is I surround myself that with people that are smarter than I am. Mm-hmm. If I'm the smartest person in the room, then we have a problem. Wrong so, room. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always like to have the the right people in mm-hmm. the uh, in the key positions with me at all times, mm-hmm. um, so we have a successful production. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and there are definitely times where we should hire it done. Um, obviously, it depends on how important it is. You know, I'm not going to hire this done because it's just a podcast, and I do it right. several times a week. But if say I were giving a shareholder report to you know to my you know that's something different and but we've always had to know that right you know long ago I worked for a company that was publicly traded and this was long enough ago that we still had those nasty overhead projectors with the plastic film thingies right I know um, and I but I always had a second bulb sometimes I had a second projector. Um, I would have a second set of the transparencies. I mean, all of these various things, but more importantly, whoever was giving the presentation could do it without those. You know, how many times have we seen somebody that's, you know, whether they're a public speaker, you know, whatever, and if they don't have their accompanying things, they're just stuck. Um, you know, and, and so if you all of a sudden, you know, maybe you don't have video and you can only do audio. Okay. Can you tell the story with your voice without having the pictures? I mean, all of those various things. Well, I'll give you a perfect example. We like to rehearse and Mm -hmm. we like to sloppy rehearse. And Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is we try to create every mistake Mm -hmm. possible in the rehearsal mm-hmm. and we always tell the client don't get freaked out right we're going to we, do this on purpose mm-hmm. we're doing this on purpose mm-hmm. we're making these mistakes because mm-hmm. we want to know what could possibly go mm-hmm. wrong tomorrow mm-hmm. or whenever the production mm-hmm. is so um uh we try to make every mistake possible mm-hmm. hit every button wrong mm-hmm. and right just mm-hmm. we just want to know and mm-hmm. be prepared and have backup plans right. for everything mm-hmm. and when the client says no we don't want to rehearse then we say you know the, the onus is on it's you for our benefit too it's mm-hmm. our it, mm-hmm. it, it's it's you know and and the perfect this is the perfect example and i give it every time we did a, a live stream with greg norman the golfer mm-hmm. uh when they announced the new live golf league, uh, ah. league. Mm-hmm. and no one wanted to rehearse. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to rehearse. And there was a lot of slides, mm-hmm. uh, PowerPoint slides. Mm-hmm. And we like begged him, you mm-hmm. know, and, and we gave Gre- uh, Mr. Norman a clicker mm-hmm. and it was to let us know when to advance the slides. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to go over mm-hmm. it with him. So mm-hmm. we were all on the same page and they absolutely wouldn't do it. What did he do? <laughs> Kept his finger on the s- kept going like this. Oh no. He was nervous. So, and so, mm-hmm. so we kept going through the right, slides. Right. right? Cause and he we doesn't explained see it him. To him. Mm-hmm. We explained it mm-hmm. to him three times mm-hmm. and he kept clicking it and mm-hmm. clicking it. And he was not meaning to click yep, it. It was that nervous and twitch thing. Mm-hmm. It, it screwed up the whole production. Oh yeah. But yeah. we begged them to rehearse mm-hmm. and they just wouldn't rehearse. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I, I had to, you know, do do one one time with a CEO where he was giving a, a, it was an insurance company that I worked for, and he was giving a presentation at what was known as the million dollar roundtable. So these were insurance agents who, by themselves, sold more than a million dollars every year. I mean, this is this is a really big deal, 
And so he was, you know, and, and, but the tricky part was this is a worldwide thing. And so it was to be simulcast in other languages. And so he had to, in essence, memorize his presentation and that was not going to happen. He just, you know, and he knew that. I mean, the, I loved working with this man because he definitely knew his limitations. And so we got a teleprompter. Um, yeah. But again, we had to work with that teleprompter so that it went at the right pace. And you know, and and it, it you know, and it would say pause. I mean, you know, because he had conceivably said something funny or dramatic or um, you know, and and but again, we practiced. Oh my gosh, did we practice with this? Um, and uh, and it, it went very well. But they had told him, they said he could not deviate one word because then it wouldn't match what the translators were saying, right. um, you know, and, and, but yeah, you know, somebody else, you know, might've had the ego that would have said, no, I know exactly what I'm going to say and I don't need to practice. And then the poor teleprompter, and we see that all the time, right? I love tele, yeah. you know, the, the live captioning. It's like, they said something they weren't expecting, <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> um, so that's always fun. But but yeah, you know, if it's important, folks, practice it. You know, we, we're seeing a lot of video blogs and, and things. And, and yes, it does make it more human to see the errors and some things like that. But you still need to make sure that you're getting your message across in a way that you want it to get across and not, oh, my God, they just screwed up type of thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, coming from the professional broadcast mm -hmm. uh, background, it, we rehearse everything, mm -hmm. everything. Right. Uh, and even when we make a mistake, you at home may not know mm -hmm. that we've made a mistake, mm -hmm. but we know. Right. And we never want a mm -hmm. mistake on air, mm -hmm. and we never want to see the camera mm -hmm. whip, you know, mm -hmm. left or right. Mm -hmm. uh, so we take great pride mm -hmm. in not making mistakes right. on the air, and if they are made. We take pride in you not knowing that mm -hmm. there are mistakes. Right. Yeah. And and that I think is probably the, the most important thing is nobody knows that there was an error. Um, you know, and sometimes obviously they will, but there are I you, you know that there are lots and lots of times with any type of live broadcast where things didn't go quite the way you had planned. Um, but it's you know, it's it's the matter of oops, wrong camera turned on or whatever. Um, right. So, well, Howie, of course, I would be remiss, especially being the sports fan that I am, if I didn't say, what are some of your highlights um, that, that, you know, obviously the Beijing Olympics would have just been phenomenal. But what are some of the other things that when you look back, you think, I can't believe I was part of that? Yeah, I've, you know, I've shot over 20 Kentucky Derbies <sighs> um, um, and Preaknesses and Belmont mm -hmm. Stakes. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of Olympics from mm -hmm. uh, I was the camera operator that pulled Michael Phelps out of the water in Greece when mm -hmm. he won his first gold medal mm -hmm. when no one barely no one knew who he was. was. Mm -hmm. um, uh, to Italy, to mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know London Olympics mm -hmm. when the U.S. women won there, mm -hmm. um, and just a lot. I did about twenty WrestleManias, which mm -hmm. is WWE's mm -hmm. largest global event. Mm -hmm. So I've had the great fortune to travel the world and do mm -hmm. some uh, <coughs> awesome, you know, productions. Mm -hmm. I love it. You know, and, and it is something that is obviously very glamorous, but obviously lots and lots of hard work. Um, the preparation before, 
shooting it and then everything that you do afterwards. Um, you know, and and so yes, as as cool as we think, ooh, that sounds, that's a lot of work to be be doing. A lot of travel. But mm-hmm. it definitely takes a lot a lot out of you. I've I bet it was kind of nice during COVID to not be doing as much. Yeah. And I uh you know I, I was I started to slow down and concentrate on on my businesses mm-hmm. before COVID. Mm-hmm. And I really, you know, I hired a business coach and I, um, I had a mindset change that I was no longer a camera operator with a business on the side that mm-hmm. I was now an entrepreneur. I, I love that. To, mm-hmm. I learned how to learn how to spell it. Mm-hmm. And I, I was an entrepreneur that was also a camera operator, mm-hmm. but an entrepreneur first. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's what I do now. I, mm-hmm. I, I only get on a plane now for pleasure. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, I'm still in the television mm-hmm. and television sports space, mm-hmm. but just doing doing something a little bit different, right. and uh, it's great. So when you go to something for fun or watch something on TV, is your mind still being critical and thinking, mm, "I would have done that from a different angle," or you know, "Oh my Sometimes, gosh, are they ab- getting that?" Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, and there there are a few events that I do miss doing, mm-hmm. you know, because. Uh, from traveling a lot, I have friends that are all over the country, mm-hmm. uh, and some international as well. Mm-hmm. And so, getting to see them is a little mm-hmm. bit difficult. Uh, I always said, like the Super Bowl and the Kentucky Derby mm-hmm. is like a TV family reunion, right. you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's that stuff. I I miss a lot mm-hmm. of the people. Right. Well, and we see that you know when they talk about you know hey you know this this person has been with us for twenty years, um, you know and 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 I love it when the announcers will do that and they'll they'll focus on somebody or yeah. you know and 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 it's always very entertaining when they want to focus on the camera person because they're like no no <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, and yeah. and of course they have to send another camera person to to do it um, you know and, and but I always love when they do that because. They understand, or somebody understands, just how important those people are, and and of course it is very much a team. You know, you can't mm-hmm. have you know it, it is, but but yeah, you know when they all recognize, hey, we have to all support each other, right? Well, oh my gosh, Howie, we have just about five minutes left, and so tell us a little bit more about what you do, and specifically about the broadcast sports course, because I think we might have some folks who are are interested in that. But tell us more about how people find you and what are the services that you provide. Yeah, uh, our website, HowieZales.com. Uh, I will take you to our family of websites. Mm-hmm. And uh, Veridity Entertainment, or VES, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, you know, we're a live stream and event business where we produce you know, corporate meetings of, mm-hmm. and events. Um, the best example of that is, you know, let's say there's a a small audience in person, but a Mm -hmm. a global audience Mm -hmm. virtually will produce the, in the event for the people in, in person Mm -hmm. and in the virtual space. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we'll send this, any PowerPoints to the slides in person, and then we'll make the virtual experience super interesting and broadcast quality with a combination of the person speaking, then the slides, then like a two box with a little box with the person speaking and a big box with just with the slide mm-hmm. or just the slide. And we'll keep changing the camera mm-hmm. shots, making it interesting and, you know, making a broadcast quality production mm-hmm. for a meeting that people, you know, 
obviously can't attend because they're in other parts mm-hmm. of the world. Right. I love it. Well, tell us more about the the broadcast sports course. The broadcast sports course was designed uh, because the age of freelancers was getting up there. And, um, you know, I wanted to kind of pay it forward because I was taught the, the business and I wanted to help do that for mm-hmm. other people. And um, we we did the course once and we hope to COVID really kind of put a damper on it, but we hope to do it again soon. And mm-hmm. uh, but uh we had a new number of people take it and we train people from what to do from the second they parked their car on site to the mm-hmm. second they got back in their car at the end of the night uh, when they showed up to mm-hmm. work. We um, we gave them templates on how to email the clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, we gave them uh, you know uh, a script of what to say to mm-hmm. clients on the phone to help sell themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a, we in collaboration with some other people. I wrote a book or a manual uh, on what to do when you get on the job uh, from a camera person's perspective. How to shoot baseball, basketball, soccer, hockey, and boxing—the mm-hmm. major sports—from every camera position in a general fashion. Um, and we did it in a digital form. So someone could always, you know, have it on their phone to Mm -hmm. reference back to. Right. Well, now what Um, did they tell me? Mm -hmm. Um, and we're always available for, you know, ongoing coaching. Mm -hmm. And the best part about it is since we have a business where we hire freelancers, I've hired four out of the five people that took the course. I love it. Mm Mm-hmm. And the only reason I didn't hire the fifth person is because they got a full-time job in the television production space. Ah, so even better <laughs> for them, at least. Yep. <laughs> yes. Right, right. Well, Howie, this really has been fascinating. Like I said, I, I like knowing the background and, and you know all of those various things. And so it's so much fun. But it's it's also been great for people to understand you know, when they're the in front of the camera person, what is going to make it more professional for them? Um, right. You know, and and because, yeah, it is kind of funny when we have some things happen, but we need to always be professional um, and to to make that happen. So do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? I, I appreciate everyone's time. I appreciate your time. And please reach out to us if you have any events that uh, you're planning. Um, we'd be happy to talk to you about helping you produce them to have, have them look, you know, as professional as possible. Perfect. Well, I've been having so much fun talking with Howie Zales. I can't wait. We're going to have to do it again just because it was so much fun. Um, But until then, I'm Deb Creer, and everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.